Hey everyone, this is Tim from the Mental Health Hour podcast, and I wanted to take a second to talk to you about why we made the switch to Zencaster. When Gemma and I started the Mental Health Hour, we did not know much on how to distribute the show and get it out there to the folks. After trying some different podcast hosting sites, we were able to get our show out there, but opportunities for promotion of the show, audience growth, and monetization to help support the show and make it better were slim to none. After switching to Zencaster, we noticed a spike in viewers and listeners across all the major platforms the show has been put out on, and they had multiple offers coming our way for potential sponsors of the show. Along with that, Zencaster is so much more than just podcast hosting site. Zencaster is an all-in-one platform to record, produce, promote, and publish your podcast. Depending on the price package you choose, The studio has state-of-the-art video and audio recording software. You and your guests of the show can come on and record your show right on the website and then edit it, publish it, and they will distribute it to Spotify, Apple, Google, all the major platforms. The desktop site and now also the mobile app are so easy to use. Recording studio quality sound and up to 4K video with multi-layered backups so you never lose your recording. And the best part is the customer service and support. The support staff gets back to you quickly and answered all of my questions, making the transition to Zencaster seamless. Do yourself a favor. Go to Zencaster.com pricing and use my code TMHH15 and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience as I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Welcome into the Mental Health Hour. Welcome back. Welcome to episode 106. Mm. Back I after... completely funked the uh, intro up. Did you see the date? Oh, I was that's... repurposing one of the um, previous intros and it said July and I didn't notice. But I'm getting old now. What can I say? That's it. <laughs> that's what happens when we try and stream while I'm not well <laughs> and uh, you have to tell me to stop. And take yeah. a minute to just practice what you preach and mm-hmm. practice some self care. I am pretty stubborn about broadcasting yeah, no shit. On our specified date when we're when I am capable of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but wow, Michael Joseph Murray, thank you so much for the five hundred and ten bits. Yeah, thank you. That is awesome. Thank you so much. Um, but yes, I have been, I've had to take the past two weeks off from streaming due to my leg and back, um, dealing with some sciatic nerve pain. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting along okay. Everything's fine. I'm healthy. Uh, I just sitting at the computer for an extended period of time, like an hour doing the show has proven difficult. So you may still see me tonight wander off uh but Gemma has decided she'll take the lead on this episode this is her uh her mm-hmm. broadcast tonight I am supplementing um and we're gonna have fun uh we're gonna get back into it and it is childhood cancer awareness month for the month of September so mm-hmm. as we normally try and do round off the month with that particular theme. Um, and Gemma, what better uh, show for you to take the lead on on, on this day? Uh, yeah, you could say we've had personal experience and Thomas is now happily 10-10 and been in remission for a year. All good. We had a little scare a couple of weeks back, but he's still very much clear, still very much in remission. So we're all good. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so, thank you everybody 
for the well wishes and the feel betters and all of that. And thanks for checking in on the Discord. I appreciate every everybody looking out. And uh, yeah, we're here. Uh, like I said, you might see me wander off, but that just means I need to get up and stretch. Mm. And Gemma's going to take us through tonight. I'll be doing some of the supplemental stuff like uh, reading reading off the slides and uh, yeah. So Gemma, I mean, take it away. Uh, mm -hmm. what, what, how did you want to start this uh, this episode? Okay, so everybody that's in here, I believe, knows uh, that we've had some very personal experience with childhood cancer, particularly the leukemia. It's also Blood Cancer Awareness Month in September as well. But I thought we'll generalize it all because there is a great deal of cancers that affect, well, everyone but children. Leukemia is one of the most common cancers um, that affect children. Generally, they seem to get it in their earlier years. And obviously, the sooner it is diagnosed, the greater chance of recovery. Um, as you know, Thomas had it for nearly four years. And it was T-cell ALL, acute lymphoblastic leukemia. The T-cell is the, it was a fault with his white blood cell that reproduced and it was the fastest the t cell is the fastest reproducing cell and when there's a fault with it it was reproducing this faulty cell which was collecting in his body and effectively caused a mass in his chest which would have eventually suffocated him because it was crushing his lungs um a simple blood test would have diagnosed that or eventually a chest x-ray to see that there was a mass there. I am a very strong believer in the fact that if in doubt, check it out. Um, not many doctors, especially here, but generally GPs where they are expected to know a bit of everything, don't always go with the let's rule out the worst case scenario first they like to think of other things like many times I took Thomas and it was oh it'll be asthma it'll be allergies just trying to go down that route and yeah looking, most of the time looking at other possible avenues were they were they trying to uh, steer away from a cancer diagnosis or like avoid it or were they just trying to rule out before um, jumping straight to the big? Oh, they've not even considered it was an option. That's the thing. Um, and because he'd had sepsis when he was two, uh, because of a chest infection that was late to be diagnosed, and then they treat it with five days worth of antibiotics and said it'll be fine now, and it wasn't, that's where I was going. I was like, well, can you check? Because he's struggling to breathe. So that, in my mind... I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's another chest infection. He was complaining about a lot of pain and things, and he was getting bruised. But then when I took him and he was bruised, they were straight at me, accusing me of beating him up, basically. Um, I am a very firm believer, and I am trying to, with the support of some of the cancer charities, make more awareness around it. Because what would have a blood test done? Like, they could have just checked with the blood test. A blood test can tell you right. so much. Yeah. And it would have ruled out all of that. Or it could have given us an earlier diagnosis. They think Thomas had cancer four months prior to diagnosis. And at the point of diagnosis, they estimated without treatment, he had a week left to live. So he was immediately put onto some really high dose steroids to shrink that mass, which couldn't. It, I think it was something like eighty nine percent of his entire chest cavity was full of cancer cells, which is why when he was laid down, 
the weight of the mass was pressing on his heart and lungs right. and it would have he would have suffocated it would have absolutely cut his oxygen off and the steroids, because there was so, so high dose, he put on so much weight so quickly. And that's another thing that I'm trying to do with they've one of the chat chance one of the cancer charities have given us a special named fund, uh, Thomas Fightall, and we're raising money to try and find better cures rather than the more aggressive ones because basically Thomas was given the same treatment as a fully grown man now males with cancer generally get an extra six months due to the fact they have additional body areas that they need to get to um women is usually six months less girls and women six months less men six months longer because they need it um and it was so aggressive and it completely for months and months stole not just his childhood but any form of quality of life he was bedridden and it is a very aggressive thing and a lot of people don't think about the wider effect that that's having on the parents, the family, friends and things. And I I openly admit when he was diagnosed with that, my mental health just absolutely plummeted to the point where there was times where I didn't think that I would get through it. Absolutely. And all I could think of was if he doesn't make it, I'm done. I'm gone. And I would have. I absolutely would have at that time. And it does have a massive, massive impact, not just on the one that's having the treatment, but all of those around. Because, I mean, I obviously, being his mum and he was only five at the time, I had to stay with him in the hospital. I didn't have another parent to circulate with, so I was in the hospital for that whole time. We lived in the hospital for two months straight. And, I mean, things have changed now because of COVID. I don't know if they still do, but before they didn't used to provide any food or anything for the parent that was staying with them. So for two months straight, I was living on whatever the hell I could get hold of uh, from the little shop. And it is so expensive in the hospital. So it was like, Absolutely. sometimes if he wasn't eating it i'd just nick a bit off his plate and it was hospital food and it's like i'm yeah. not surprised he ain't eating this but it is it not only can it mentally drain you because you are having this whole new this is what he's got this is what we're going to do and it's it happens so quickly from the point of admission to what they're going to do because it has to do you don't really get a chance to just sit and think, okay, what are they going to do? Then they were talking about central lines. Was it going to be a Hickman line? Was it going to be a, um, a Porticath? Which we went for because the Hickman line is two tubes hanging out of his chest permanently. And it would have... It, it, you don't really get a chance to sit and digest it. You're having like... It feels like an entire medical degree thrust on you overnight. And you're just expected to know everything about it. Sign this paperwork. We're going to do this, sign this, sign that. And I'm like, yeah. I don't have time to read it. There's loads of stuff. And then they go over you everything. And it's like, you, your head's just mashed. You hear the C word and you're like, yeah, you're already at, at a disadvantage. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because you've just received uh, the gut shot of the century, right? Like, your brain is not in any kind of headspace to oh, yeah. digest or absorb anything else other than that news you just heard about your yeah. child. But then and on top of that comes what I imagine is just a, a rain down of information um, as any diagnosis brings, mm -hmm. um, you know, not comparing the two, but I, I do remember laying in the hospital bed when I got my diagnosis with pancreatitis and you can't drink anymore and all this stuff. And it's just showering with information about everything and what's 
going on and you're mm-hmm. still trying to process that one little nugget <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah. I mean it's it's like we've spoke about before the five stages of grieving and you have got to process that and it, it, it again with every, with anything no step comes first everybody's different and i was in denial for so long the fact that the doctor told me he had cancer and my initial knee jerk reaction was no you're wrong he, he hasn't got cancer you don't know what you're talking about and I, I got quite cross with him. I'm like, no, you've got it wrong. He's not got cancer. You need to do whatever the hell test you need to do again because that's not what he's got. He's five. He can't have cancer. Right. Denial, anger, bargaining. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then it went from like, did I do this? Have I given him that? Have I given him something that's caused this? Is it hereditary? Have I passed this on to him? Is it something he's got from... and? I started looking up. That was the worst thing I could do was Google it. Don't ever do that. Oh, yeah, Dr. Oh, no, no, no. oh God. Um, that was the worst thing I ever did. And yeah, I've always, I I've always wondered uh, how doctors, you know, feel when, because more and more folks, I mean, it's not a new thing, but mm. you know, more and more folks come in already with their diagnosis, you know, because I was on Google and this is what I have, and probably just looking at them. I've seen my actual GP do that, though. They're looking shit up. Like, when I told them a couple of my conditions, they're Googling it, like, yeah, you don't know what the hell that is, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Google, I actually call one of the doctors that, but I won't say where or who, because Dr. I don't Google. want something. <laughs> Dr. Google goes in the same category as, we can place it, in the same category as the uh, show we just did on social media oh, and God, the really. effects it has on mental health. I mean, getting on and and typing in a couple of minor symptoms uh, God, will yeah. produce the worst possible results uh, yeah. that you could imagine. You have weeks to live because your yeah. left toe hurts and um, you know. Yeah, you stubbed your toe, and next thing you know, you've got a week to live. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, for real. But, but uh, it, it, it for for folks that have um, hypochondriac type symptoms, uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember. Uh, but yeah, they're constantly in and out of doctors' offices, um, and not that they're dreaming these things up i mean obviously mm-hmm. they actually feel uh that they have these conditions and what have you and there's mm-hmm. something more going on there but uh sorry slightly off topic there it's just the dr google thing oh, reminded right. me yeah. of that episode we just did and how poorly that can affect your mental health as well but let's get back on track and uh you continue going with with thomas yeah. and i think for the first few weeks while he was on the steroids, I was just in complete denial of the whole time. And when it really hit me was when they'd finally shrunk the mask down enough to be able to put him to sleep to do the bone marrow test. Now they told me we're having to treat this thing blind. So when we do the bone marrow test, it's going to give us a false positive in the way they test to see what cancer it is and what are the chances of a relapse? Is it high chance or low chance? And it will come back with a low chance of a relapse because they've already started treating it. So they said, we can't give you a definitive on that. So you're just going to have to go with it. I didn't have much choice. It was like, all I heard was cancer, less than a week to live. Obviously, I'm just going to say, say, do what you need to do to save my son. Like, I didn't understand any of it. But when it really hit home to me, they'd wheeled him down into theater. And they have the anesthetist part where and where they give you the anesthetic to knock you out and then they wheel you into theater mm-hmm. and I held him I cradled him in my arms while they were putting him to sleep and they had given him they had him with a line in his he had about four cannulas in at one point and then he had the mask over him 
And I knew he wasn't well because he would normally have fought that place. You would have screamed the place down. But no, you just laid there. And when you hear someone say about a dead weight, that that whole, like, when he went, like, under, uh, came heavy and limp. And that it's at that moment I realized the seriousness of the situation and just how bad things were. And they scooped him out of my arms, started putting things on him, monitors and things, mm-hmm. and took him in immediately. I was ushered out of the room. And I'm not kidding, I just came out and I fell to the ground. Um, some profanities came out of my mouth. And I just started crying. And it was at that moment I felt like I'd been kicked in the chest. Mm-hmm. I was like, why? And I, I remember saying, and I apologize for anybody that's religious at the time. And like at the time, this is how I felt. And I just thought, and I said, if there really is a God, what kind of a God would make a poor, innocent, defenseless kid sick like this? And I did question it. I questioned everything. I questioned myself. I was trying to find someone to blame. You just pinpointed precisely, probably precisely, where you went from denial to anger. Yes. Right there. Immediately, just then, like, boom, boom, boom. I had to. Because they they kept telling me it's nothing that I had done. There's no way that anything that I have done has caused this cancer. It just happens. And then I'm like, well, okay, it's come from somewhere. And that's where I went to. And I remember going and sitting in the chapel in the church, in the in the church, in the hospital. And the, um, the I don't know what religion they were that came out and spoke to me. Um, and I did, I said to them, I said, there can't be a God because why would he give my kid this? He's not done anything wrong. Why are the people sat in prisons that get nothing wrong with them? Yet my five-year-old child is fighting for his life. What? Where's the? Where's the logic? Where's the? Fairness? These are very fair questions too. Yeah, and it does. It question you question every ounce of your being as to why. Why has this happened to us? Is it karma to me? Am I being punished? Have I done something wrong? And they think the way that I can be punished is through my son. Um, because there was times when I said that the only reason I'm alive is because of my son. It's everything. It's it's definitely, uh, you know, one of the normal thought processes, I guess, to, Mm -hmm. you know, try and project it onto folks. I don't want to say more deserving folks, but like like you were just saying, how come Mm -hmm. there's people that have murdered folks and they're just sitting in prison until they die why can't they be afflicted with this um now uh this is also kind of transitioning into bargaining yeah Um, yeah. well i was like thinking they're in prison absolutely free health care three meals a day tv mm -hmm. no bills no nothing and i'm struggling to make ends meet and now i've got this what the hell where's the what 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 is fair about that Another popular um, side of bargaining, or you see when people start the bargaining uh, phase of the grieving process is give it to me. Oh, I did all that, yes. I said, why not me? Put it on me. Make him okay, I'll take it, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure, yeah, that you felt those uh, same emotions. Mm-hmm. Very much so. So, House Thomas, at this point, we've talked about this. And if you're just joining us um, or, or just tuning in, um, welcome in to the Mental Health Hour. Uh, we are talking about childhood cancer, and it is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. My co host, Gemma, is very well spun up, shall we say, on the, the process, as are uh some of the folks in chat jim in chicagoland as well as, as well has 
his daughter that he's very um you know outspoken about uh and and active in the community um mm -hmm. making uh things happen in law in in chicago and the state of illinois um so uh, he can chime in on any of this as well as he has been but uh going back to the story or or your um, experiences mm -hmm. where's thomas's headspace as a five-year-old has it does he have it's been a long time since i was five you know so yeah you can't remember exactly but what what was his was he comprehending any of what was going on uh how did mm -hmm. you feel he was handling at five i mean he's 10 now right so yeah he's, yeah he's probably got a better grasp on what happened, what is going on or what had happened. Um, at he the had time. to grow up real quick. So he seemed to know a lot at a very early age. Initially, all we told him was that he's got poorly blood and that the doctors were going to make him better and that he had to have quite a few medicines. We had to explain that these medicines would make him maybe feel a bit poorly um the medicines might make his hair come out um and it's when he asked me um he was still five when he asked me he'd been in hospital for maybe about five weeks and he says have i got cancer am i gonna die and it again it was like a kick in the guts like oh my god he knows what he's got he hadn't heard me mention the c word because i wouldn't say it in front of him i tried to hide it but i think one thing that kids do is they pick up on things more than we will ever give them credit for and they're not daft and I mean in hindsight I kind of wish I had have explained things to him a little bit more early on rather than him worrying about it because he clearly was but then when he did ask that we sat down I also got some outside help from the uh, charities that were involved at the time uh, the Macmillan nurses and things and they helped to explain it in a way that he could understand and he had the um, chemo duck that explained he was given a duck with a um, the part thing that he would be having to explain that and there's stories and things where you can read it to them and it tells them in a I, I say a fun way it's not really a fun way but it kind of helps to explain it and they give all those and then they have the beads of courage and things which I've shown many many times um I know first time uh first time we did a show together was an episode on this and um that was episode five and That's then we've correct, yes. done some since um because yeah and we've done one with jim also mm -hmm. um definitely worth a watch if you haven't watched it we did uh the episode uh childhood cancer three years on this yeah. was uh, this was three years after the diagnosis yeah yeah and then i did actually do a broadcast and we showed it on the show i think where he rang the bell last year mm -hmm. uh, that would have been childhood cancer awareness month last year but yeah the the only thing is now, it, the problem I find is when you ring that bell, everybody thinks that's it, it's over. But I have found it harder now that it's over because I feel like I'm constantly looking for those things. I'm constantly looking for, is it back? He's got a bruise. Where did that come from? Has he got it back? And yeah, we had a scare a couple of weeks ago. And he had some blood tests and he's fine, thankfully. But there was some other signs and it was stacking up like there was bruising. He's been complaining about chest pains and breathing problems. And then there was sleeping problems again. Uh, not eating, he's lost a bit of weight. And I'm like, this is all how it started. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I was really worried about that. And I have actually got a slide that says about... Yeah, absolutely. I'm just going to see which one it is. And then if I bring it up on my phone first, so I can see it properly. Okay. So this is one that allows you to think about it in a way to remember, like the uh, caution up down the side. Mm -hmm. So if you, 
and I'm not saying that any of these symptoms are cancer, that we've talked about it many times before where there's things that can overlap and it can be something else. But it, as I've said before, if in doubt, check it out. Check sure. it out. Get a blood test. A blood test can tell you so many things. Um, so changes in bowel or bladder habits. Thomas wasn't weighing as much. Um, a sore that doesn't heal. So Thomas was complaining about knee pain and about back pain. Constantly complaining about it. Uh, unusual bleeding or discharge. Now, he didn't have any of that. Um, well, mm, yeah, not really. Uh, thickening or a lump in a breast or elsewhere. So this is covering cancer in general, not just leukemia. Uh, indigestion or difficulty swallowing. Obvious changes in warts or moles. Nagging cough or persistent hoarseness. So Thomas had a cough that was constantly just, it would not go away. And we know now that that was because of the mass on his chest. Right. Uh, unexplained weight loss. He did lose a lot of weight. He was very pale. And then persistent anemia, which he was. And when he was, he was always tired, always tired, but not when he was sleeping, it wasn't restful. Um, These are, um, and it's good that you mentioned in the beginning, you know, obviously not everything is a sign of cancer, but mm -hmm. like, uh, like you and Jim are both advocating for it. When in doubt, check it out, right? Uh, yeah. There's, there's, there's no, no harm. harm. And if you are worried going to the doctor and saying, look, I'm a bit worried about this, this and this, can you just do a blood test or can I you mean, just do whatever? Yeah. For example, how many, how many different conditions outside of cancer uh, mm -hmm. can weight loss show up as a symptom for you know what oh, i'm saying God, yeah even stress stress can cause weight loss absolutely so this is again just guidelines and and uh something to look at um and that's but, the thing if you're worrying about having may say maybe one of those other things and then you're stressing the stress will cause some of those other symptoms yeah yep. so yeah you're not helping yourself and our, it's not our easy, brains it's not are our worst enemies yeah. Our brains are our worst enemies when it comes to uh, diagnosing what's going on. Um, because the anxiety takes over, and mm -hmm. after that, it's a slippery slope all downhill from there. Oh, God. Yeah. And the when the brain starts believing something, it becomes yeah. reality. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. One way or the other. It's not easy. Definitely not easy. The worst thing you can do is worry about it and look things up on the internet. If in doubt, check it out. Go to your doctors. Get that blood test. Right, so we have this one as well. Um, it just says it a bit more. Um, this one was specifically for children. So unable to wee or has blood in their wee. Uh, Thomas was weeing a lot less. An unexplained lump, firmness or swelling anywhere in the body. Persistent abdominal pain or swelling. Back pain or bony pain that doesn't go away. Unexplained seizures or changes in their behavior. Now, he didn't have the seizures so much with this one, but he did when his temperature spiked. So a raise in temperature can cause a seizure. And it's not, again, it's not always cancer. He had a seizure when he had a chest infection, which caused his temperature to spike and he had sepsis. So right. obviously, if you have a seizure, you need to get that checked out. Headaches that don't go away. Uh, frequent or unexplained bruising. Unusual paleness or a rash. Small red spots, purple spots that can't be explained. Now, that is the thing that made me take Thomas to the hospital. He had yeah. a rash. I put the glass over it because we're always taught about meningitis. Yes. And how a non-blanching rash could be meningitis. So that's sure. what I thought he had. I'm like, oh my God, he's got meningitis. There's a rash. He didn't go away. Um, and that's what I rang up. I rang up um, for an ambulance and said, he's very, very weak. He's pale. He's got a rash. I think it's meningitis. And it wasn't. Uh, unexplained, unexplained bleeding. Now, Thomas did get some, um, quite a lot of nosebleeds when um, his blood count was low and things, but not initially. Feeling tired all the time, that is a big one. 
um, that I've seen in most people. But again, doesn't mean you ha have. Um, frequent infections or flu-like symptoms. That is another sign that I had with Thomas. Like he was always getting chest infections, always getting something wrong with him. Uh, unexplained vomiting, unexplained fever, high temperatures or sweating, unexplained weight loss, feeling short of breath, and then changes in appearance of the eye or unusual eye reflections in photos. So the whites of his eye went yellow, which is or can be a sign of jaundice. Um, again, that needed checking out. Um, but it can be to do with your blood count and things as well. And that did correct itself. Now, just some statistics and things for you. I've got some from the UK and some from the US. All right. So here we go. So every day in the UK, 10 children or young people are diagnosed with cancer. So that's 10 a day. Wow. There are around 3,755 young people diagnosed with cancer each year in the UK. That is 1,645 children aged 0 to 14 and 2,110 teenagers and young adults aged 15 to 24. So this is children 0 to 14. Most common types of cancer are leukemia brain and spinal cord, lymphomas. Yeah. And then more than two-thirds, which, uh, which is account for those, of all cancers diagnosed in children. And leukemia is the most commonly diagnosed in children. And then teenagers and young adults, so 15 to 24. The most common cancers in the uh, teenagers and young adults would be lymphoma, germ cell tumour and skin cancers. Lymphomas are the most common cancer in young people between 15 to 24. And survival rates, so more than 8 out of 10 young people diagnosed with cancer survive at least 5 years and many of them are cured. So that's a damn sight better than it used to be. Absolutely. That's, a, that's incredible. 86%. Yes, and um, it's it's come a long way. It really has, but I believe that until every single one of them are cured, then there's not enough done. They need to be every one of them cured, um, or just stop it completely. And then around one in four hundred and twenty boys under the age of fifteen is um, are more likely to develop cancer compared to 490 girls. For young people aged 15 to 24, it was one in every 360 males and one in every 380 females. And then cancer in children, teenagers and young adults account for 0.3% of all cancer deaths in the UK. In 2018, there were around 260 childhood cancer deaths, accounting for 7% of all childhood deaths, 0 to 14-year-olds, and for teenagers and young adults 15 to 24, there were nearly 290 cancer deaths, accounting for 11% of all teenage and young adult deaths. Um, that's still way too many. And then we have the next one is, where are we? This one? Yeah, here we go. So this is um, pediatric cancer fact. So cancer is the number one cause of disease related to death, related death in children in the United States under the age of 19. And then one in 285 US children will be diagnosed with cancer by the time they are 20. Wow. And that is vastly different than adult cancers. And then more than 12 types of pediatric cancer and over 
so there's more than, should I say, more than 12 types of paediatric cancer and over 100 subtypes. So like leukemia, for example, is the cancer. And then there's T-cell, acute lymphoblastic leukemia, B-cell, acute lymphoblastic leukemia. And then there's acute myeloid leukemia. Um, the acute ones mean that they are faster in producing the faulty cell. Right. Whereas I think some people get the idea that acute means not much, but it really isn't. Um, so as of 2020, only six new drugs have been developed for paediatric cancer. And that is in quite a few years. Um, yeah, they, there's still a long way to go, basically. Absolutely. There, there, there's going to be. Mm, I, I hope so. I hope we see the day where they can cure everyone that gets it or completely just stop it. There must be something. There's going to be a long road um, is mm -hmm. what I was getting at. Um, uh, certain advancements are definitely being made. And yeah. uh, you can tell that from the previous slide with the 86%. Um, oh, the survival rates are definitely better now than they were or at least five years or better um and then a lot of it or, or it said most or i can't remember the exact verbiage now but it, it there was something in there with cured or in remission i found something that i'll read out in a minute about the um survival rates now compared to a few years ago and it was absolutely mind-blowing i couldn't get it on a slide but um i'll finish with this one then i'll pull that one up so most standard childhood cancer treatments are decades old. And like I said, they generally treat children, even babies, the exact same as they would a fully grown adult. So the damage to their body can be significant, like it has with Thomas. He will have a lot of problems that will probably last him forever. But all I think is he's alive. Yeah. We can deal with the rest. Anything yeah. else is where there's life, there's hope. Right on. Um, so more kids are beating their disease than ever, but one in six kids with cancer do not survive. 95% of survivors have significant health issues by the age of 45 because of cancer toxicity or treatments. And then underinvestment slows research momentum. Only 4% of the federal government's cancer research budget goes to pediatric cancer research. And then about 50% of all pediatric cancer research is funded by philanthropies supported by private donors, corporations, and foundations. So that's interesting um, because there is a lot of... Um, awesome groups and, and folks out there that have put together funding for this specifically, uh, which is, it says a whole lot about um, people and their interest in finding that cure. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and how we, I mean, ultimately our goal, I, I think that the Holy Grail of medicine is going to be finding that cure for cancer. Um, yeah, yeah. But and that uh, brings me to those statistics I've just found. Sorry. It says now, so now in 2023, 84% of children with cancer will be cured compared to that of the 1960s, where less than 20% of all cancers were cured. The 60s. So, yeah. So well, less than 20 in the 60s. Less than 20% of anybody with cancer would survive. And then today is... 84%. Wow. That is massive. That's still a long way to go, huge. but it is huge. It would have been a death sentence, effectively. And that's what I was worried about. And I think the one with the most progress is leukemia. 
when I was looking at it when Thomas had it. And I know it's probably, it's a weird way to say, but when he was diagnosed, I remember the nurse saying to me, if he was going to have cancer, he had the best one. As weird as that is, because it is the one with the most advanced in treatment. And that makes sense because um, your previous slide said it was the most common. Yeah. So we're putting, we're getting a lot more information Mm -hmm. because unfortunately, on the flip side of that, a lot of kids are being diagnosed with it. So, but with that comes uh, research and um, uh, knowledge of what we're dealing with for future cases. Mm -hmm. Kind of like the uh, COVID pandemic. We had no idea what we were dealing with. Coronavirus itself has been around for ages. But this particular strand or strain, we had no clue what was going on. The more and more folks that came down with it, the more we learned about it. And now, while COVID-19 is still around today and coronavirus separately, um, we are living mask-free again. We are living uh, more normal lives because we have learned from the folks that have come down with it and we have been able to figure out ways to treat. It's Mm -hmm. an unfortunate practice in medicine that folks have to get sick to learn, but that is um, how, how we learn and how we evolve essentially. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to find something about the, um, cause as you know, I have set up a fund in Thomas's name because we did a lot of research, uh, a lot of fundraising for research into further treatment for leukemia in children. And it was announced with the charity. Is it that that I put up a while ago? Uh, no, I didn't actually send it oh. over. I was just going to read it. It's not really a slide, but I can put a link to the website in the discord sure i think i could find it but it says that um a new a potentially new treatment for leukemia is being looked into and it is being funded by a few of the uh, special named funds thomas is being one of them uh they have made good headway with it and all being well it will be um something that really helped there is a there's a link to it somewhere well if you find it after you don't have to worry Um, yeah yeah i will post it to be read in the discord but it does say that uh thomas's fund was one of them now we've raised over six thousand pound so far and we're still going with it i at the moment selling all the little uh, pin badges and things sure uh, to help with them i normally have one on i actually haven't (laughs) um (laughs) can't be bad but um you have worn it on i've seen yeah 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 on the show before there's loads of them there's loads of different ones but if you are interested uh is this this is the correct i searched this is what came up that i had bookmarked on my computer now i just went through a humongous update Today, um, Apple went to Sonoma or whatever, and all my stuff is jacked up now. But I'm getting it back sorted. All my bookmarks seem to be good. This is it's what that I one have. as well. That's where you can find everything in that bio link. Uh, that one direct the one that Tim posted directs you to the charity page directly, and then this bio link will post uh, will let you go to the fundraising page and some of the other socials and things that we've got. Um, I think the link for the ab sale that we did is still on there. It's uh, There's still the video on my YouTube. And the, uh, funds um, being, and the funds being raised there, I want to go back to this real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the funds being raised on the special name funds is going directly towards mm-hmm. helping the research yeah. 
progress in a positive direction yes. as it seems to be for leukemia like we were talking about mm -hmm. um, because uh, it is one of the more common ones so they're making some good headway and Thomas's charity is is one of the leading uh, yeah yeah it's one of the one of them that's funding it directly yeah we're funding or direct, it directly. directly funding the mm -hmm. cause yeah yeah there's uh, I think there's a, a few maybe four or five different and, funds that are doing it because obviously true. it's going to cost hundreds of thousands and but... we'll uh uh, for those listening on the podcast, it'll be in the uh, description of the episode. We'll put all of these uh, links for your uh, viewing pleasure. Uh, and uh, I think that was everything as far as I could remember. Yeah. Uh, you've got the, the bio link and the, and the special name funds. I, I thought there yeah. was something but I couldn't quite come up with it while we were talking. I can put the bio link for the uh, fund in the mental health hour one. If I haven't already, I will. Sure. So it's there. But um, yeah, it's, it's something that I'm really passionate about because in, in a way, I feel like I'm giving something back as well because my son was one of the lucky ones. We did come across many people, unfortunately, that weren't so lucky. And there will be many that aren't. And for as long as I've got breath in my body, I intend to keep doing more to try and make sure that even more make it and that that number keeps going up when it comes to those that make a full recovery. Now, I'd like to see it where they can make a full recovery with less damaging effects to their body because i was always told that thomas will likely be sterile he'll never be able to conceive his own children right. again he's alive we can deal with that right um he has problems with his legs he does have a disability badge now um a few problems he's gonna have to have he's been having some intensive hydrotherapy uh, physiotherapy and he's just been seen by the pain clinic who are going to check there's no nerve damage and they think that these this part of the spine where they kept doing the lumbar punctures they wow. think it's there's no bone marrow or something in between and it's made the two bones touch and probably rubbing against each other uh, which is very painful <laughs> yes um, so they, they're working on that. Um, but you think about it, like I said, a child having the same treatment as that of a fully grown adult. Yeah. Obviously their little bodies are going to take it a lot harder. Absolutely. Um, again, I said he's alive. We can deal with it, but obviously it would be better in future if there was a treatment that was kinder and less damaging but as i say we've come a long way from less mm -hmm. than 20 percent to 84 plus percent so yeah things sure. are going in the right direction for sure and uh Gemma, uh thank you for sharing as always you've shared this story a number of times now on on the show um mm -hmm. it's good to keep revisiting it's good to keep checking in um we're adding new um viewers and listeners every day well every week um the numbers show it so we're getting new folks coming in and uh, as i say that first time chatter uh hello to you soul fired um, but uh, this is good. One of those things that's good to continue to check in on. Uh, we get a we get a check in with Thomas. We get a check in with you, and we get um, we get uh, the the updated story. And those new folks get to hear the story for the first time. So mm -hmm. uh, we cover some of the topics uh, many times on this show. Um, you'll see the second part, third part fourth part episodes 
Um, not just because there's a lot to talk about on a specific topic, but because uh, there is quite a need for continuous education on mm-hmm. it. And, um, and that's the good thing about hitting all of those uh, several times, uh, which is why we'll always have something to talk yeah. about on this show. I've said if one person hears it, and thinks, okay, some of that sounds familiar. I'm going to go get checked. And they get caught early and it causes the treatment to start earlier, then that's great. Because yeah. I still think while there's ever any doubt in anyone's mind, we still need to keep the conversation going because earlier diagnosis can save lives. Absolutely. And as Jim and uh, Gemma both advocated earlier, when in doubt, check it out, get the blood test done. What harm is it going to cause? So uh, early detection is key as he as he finishes off with there. Thank you guys uh, for joining us again this week. And thank you for all bits, subs, hype trains, follows. Uh, Thank you, Soulfire, for following and um sharing us out uh it was a good um good week uh we'll be back again next week at six so uh my leg did pretty well tonight so i think we'll be be back um i got up most of the time for penelope uh, so um anywho we're going to go ahead and pop off now um and Like I said, we'll be back again next week. But first, we're not going to forget community calendar. Uh, Tonight on Twitch, uh, I believe we'll 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 check with him. He's in the in the crowd tonight. Uh, Jim in Chicago land, give him a follow. Uh, He also has a lot to uh, discuss when it comes to childhood cancer and uh, things along those lines as well as he as his daughter um is a survivor as well uh catalyst tonight live with jim in chicago land 11 p.m eastern standard time don't forget our good buddy at a ray of sunshine he is now on youtube um so check him out he's posting new videos uh all the time so give him a follow and a share um on youtube the gemma is my co-host who thankfully shared her story tonight um there's more from her uh she goes live on her twitch channel at Gemma, uh and then also check out her or i'm sorry x jemmy h83 x just click her name there she's on here and give her a follow um also her youtube channels there the beardo and weirdo show is back after a long hiatus Oh, we're very excited about that. I've made one or two of them, um, but I, I need to get back into the swing of things uh, if they're streaming more regularly again now. Uh, bl- our good buddies Blaine underscore Beardo and Pianoman25 here on Twitch. Give them a follow. They put on a great cooking broadcast, and Pianoman does some crosswords live. We're glad to have them back. And as always, we end with all things bunny. Please check out our great sponsor, longtime sponsor, longtime friend of the show, at Ella the Bunny Mom. She is live here on Twitch most times in the middle of the night. Um, and uh, you can check out her uh, e-store at uh, www.mybunnyvalentine.com. Use the promo code FIREDUDE15 to save 15% on your purchases and help her save all the rabbits across the world. Uh, and as Hattie is saying, BWN is now on, Beer and Wero are on Thursdays. So we'll get that changed because I think I have Tuesday and Friday I do. So we'll get that changed to make that correct. And uh, hopefully it won't take me three weeks to do that. I was just going to say. <laughs> All right, guys, I do have to pop off of here because I have to get some kids fed. Uh, we have the step kids here tonight as well which is who I dumped Penelope off on. <laughs> I was going to say, she's being quiet. Uh, my my oldest stepdaughter is watching her right now. As she was trying to do her homework, I kind of dumped her into the room. So I'm going to go save her. 
and uh, get that under control so she can get back to her schoolwork. Alrighty. Thanks again, guys. We'll see you next week. Yes. And goodbye. Bye.